Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 943, and we're looking at Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Let's read the passage. Now a woman suffering from bleeding for twelve years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, If I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, Who touched me? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, and she told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark is presenting this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus. He began with Jesus traveling through Galilee, teaching and healing. He gave us the responses, positive responses to his teaching and to the healing and casting out of demons, but also negative responses, primarily from religious leaders who felt he wasn't properly following the Jewish law. Then he gave us a series of miracles began with the calming of the storm, showing his authority over nature. Then his encounter with the demon-possessed man on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, the man with the demon called Legion, and that showed his authority in spiritual matters, his authority over evil. Then Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, came and approached him, saying his daughter was near death. So if we go back and look at verse 24 again. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. So that's the scenario. They're going to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter. And there's a large crowd. Now we have this story interspersed between Jairus coming to him and arriving at Jairus' house. Verse 25. Now, a woman suffering from bleeding for twelve years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. It says a woman suffering from bleeding. Now, literally, it's a flow of blood. He doesn't define it, but it's hard to come up with anything that would go on for that long that wasn't uterine in nature. That's been going for 12 years. Doesn't tell us anything about her current health condition other than she's gotten worse. But we've got to wonder how much longer could she even live with this condition. She's getting worse and worse. Now, this is more than just a medical condition. It's also a social condition. Because a woman in this condition is ceremonially unclean. If we look back in Leviticus, Leviticus 15 starting in verse 25. When a woman has a discharge of her blood for many days, though it is not the time of her menstruation, or she has a discharge beyond her period, she will be unclean all the days of her unclean discharge, as she is during the day of her menstruation. 
Any bed she lies on during the days of her discharge will be like her bed during menstrual impurity. Any furniture she sits on will be unclean, as in her menstrual period. Everyone who touches them will be unclean. He must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. So this is the condition she is in. She is unclean in perpetuity, essentially. Anyone who touches her is unclean. Any furniture she sits on is unclean. Any bed she lies in is unclean. She is an unclean person. She's not a whole lot better off than a leper. Now, a leper has to live in a separate area and has to call out unclean, unclean, and always look bad. But as far as personal contact, she is almost that bad off. She's in bad shape physically, and she's in bad shape from a society point of view. She's separated from society, essentially. Verse 27, Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, If I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. well this is more of a superstitious thing, thinking that this power of Jesus extends into his clothing. All I have to do is touch him, and I'll be made well. It's almost magic in the, the way she believes. And that's how she's operating. If I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Now, hey, it works both ways. If she just touches his clothes, Jesus will be made unclean. And maybe she thinks, there's no way he's going to touch me in my current state. So if I just touch him and nobody knows, then everything will be okay. Verse 29. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. This is interesting. Normally, somebody goes to Jesus, wants to be healed, and Jesus heals them. Jesus says, be healed. But this, it's like Jesus is unaware. She just touches him and is healed. So this is unusual in the healing category. An interesting point here about verse 29 are the tenses of the verbs. The verb tenses. The flow of blood ceased. That's an aorist verb tense, and that's part of the Greek language. And then she sensed in her body. That's another aorist tense. Aorist is a completed action. It's almost like a past tense, but it's done with. It's a completed action. So she sensed in her body she was healed. The done deal and the blood flow ceased. Done deal. But then the next verb, and was healed, that's in the perfect tense. And that means there's a lasting effect of that verb. So it's intentional, the verb tenses that Mark uses here, that she was healed. And it's a lasting effect to the healing. Verse 30. Immediately Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? You could just easily say, realize that the power of God had gone out from him. This idea, who touched my clothes, you got to ask, does Jesus know? Does Jesus know who touched him? Obviously, he knows somebody did touch him. And in this crowd, there's probably a gazillion people that actually touched him. But only one was healed from that touch. And that's the one Jesus wants to know about. So he knows something happened there. 
he realized that power had gone out from him and he asked who touched so does he know who did it that's where the bottom line we don't know in some ways jesus limited his divinity in his humanity so is this part of that situation where jesus is intentionally limiting himself in his humanity to where he really doesn't know he knows somebody touched him but he doesn't know who it was or in his divinity does he know exactly what happened and exactly who touched him and knew it was gonna happen in which case he's calling her out and that's another question why does he call her out okay somebody touched me so i got healed so what well, go back to why she thought she could be healed just by touching him. Why she couldn't approach him. She's approaching this from an almost magical point of view. And that's something that needs to be corrected. She's been healed, but she can't go away thinking that it was this magical thing that healed her. She has to understand faith. So he needs to talk to her. So he says, who touched my clothes? Verse 31, his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, yet you say, who touched me? They're pretty much scolding him. Who didn't touch you? Verse 32, but he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Fear and trembling, what's she afraid of? Well, she afraid of her condition being broadcast? Is she afraid of admitting she touched him? Is she afraid of admitting that she made him unclean? We don't necessarily know, but those are likely things going on. But in gratitude for her healing and in faith, she does come and confess. Verse 34. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. So the time in the Gospels that Jesus uses the address daughter to somebody. That's interesting. I don't know what to make of it, but it's just interesting. It's the only time this occurs. Because as a daughter of God now, he can call her daughter. But he wants to make clear, it's your faith that has saved you. How is it saved or healed? Well, the same word can be translated either way. You have to go with the context. And in this particular context, which way is it? Definitely healed, but what about saved? Well, we are saved by faith. And Jesus obviously knows what her faith is. And then so, has her faith saved her from a theological point of view? Or has her faith just healed her from a physical point of view? And again, the, the context has to drive it, I'd like to think, both. And that's why Jesus wanted to stop and talk to her. His disciples want to hurry him along. Jairus' daughter's dying. We've got to get there before she passes away. And here he wants to talk about who touched him. But Jesus wants to talk to this woman so she understands faith and doesn't believe that it was some magical healing, but it was the power of God through faith in Jesus Christ that has healed her. And not just healed her physically, but saved her eternally. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.